Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. The Ask Dr. Ernst Show is presented by Dr. Aaron Ernst, a board-certified chiropractic physician specializing in spinal correction, nutritional coaching, and cellular detoxification. And is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Seek a qualified healthcare professional before changing your health program or embarking on a new one. Visit AskDrErnst.com for more information. It's time to transform your health with one of the nation's leading and growing authorities in total health. Over the next hour, learn from experts on how to revolutionize the health of those you love most. This is Ask Dr. Ernst. And now, here's your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. It's a show where pounds are shed, disease is dead and where you can be set free from your health problems. I'm your co-host, Dr. Aaron Ernst, here with special guest and co-host... Dr. Chris Demzar. Dr. Great to be Chris here today, everybody. Demzar. So um, we're going to do a couple things today. We're going to have a ton of fun. Absolutely. We're going to give away some stuff, uh, including our Diabetes Heal Thyself ebook. It's been almost four and a half months since Woo! we talked about this condition called diabetes. And the challenge that I have is... We're being lied to, like like flat out lied to when it comes to this condition called diabetes. And we have a ton of information for you guys today. So how do we get the ebook? Okay, 704-906-2094. You know, we've been on WBT now for almost 11 years. I think you guys should just automatically memorize it. So like just text the number that you know. Just kidding. 704-906-2094. Your name and your email. You can also call it. And look, we love it. Like like last week, I think we hit almost a record. It was almost 70 yeah. calls and texts within an hour. But about 20% of those, again, were people who they just text in saying, ebook. And so we got their phone number, but we don't have your name and we don't have your email. We even had one person, unfortunately, say, I don't want to give you my name. And it's like, well, we can't fill out the form that sends the book because it requires your name. Right. So and I just put unknown unknown. So whoever you are, you got the ebook. So thank you. But 704-906-2094 is the call number and it's also the text line. So Dr. Chris, we talked about this briefly before our our show went live today. I mean just generally medicine as a whole is lying to people about diabetes. Yeah. Well, and especially when you look at the recommendations for somebody that has diabetes yeah. and what's being recommended to them, yes, it's absolutely a big old lie. So we need to make sure that we break these lies. And today we're going to talk about the biggest lie of them all is that eating sugar mm. causes diabetes. The second biggest lie of them all is your genetics cause diabetes. Yep. And the third biggest lie of them all is you can't fix or heal from diabetes. Yeah, and that's definitely the biggest one, that you just are stuck managing it. It's going to be something that you have for life, that there's no possibility that you're ever going to be able to actually heal from whatever the root issue is that led to the diabetes in the first place, right? So that's definitely a myth that we need to unpack. Yeah, but isn't it not just diabetes? Like, can you fix heart disease? Yes. 
we know that, but what does medicine say? Right. No, it's, oh, now we've got to go in and do this surgery, or we've got to just prepare until your heart's going to give away, and then we have to do a heart transplant or something different to, you know, to that effect. So sadly, guys, there are lies literally littered all throughout medicine. So we're going to talk today about diabetes from a different perspective, the three things that don't cause it, and those are the lies. And then we're going to go through, then what do you do to fix it? And again, just so you know, the ebook is free. It's an electronic book we'll send you almost 40 pages long now. We've, we've been enhancing this and it has everything you need. 704-906-2094. Okay. The first thing that people believe is a lie is that their diabetes is genetic. So walk me through this. Could it be that I have genetic diabetes? Like, is there a, is there such a version of genetic diabetes? Well, I think the better question is, could you be born, right? You could be someone that's sitting there 40, 50, 60 years old right now. Could you have been born without a properly functioning pancreas or without a properly functioning organ that then downstream led to the inability for your body to regulate blood sugars appropriately? Yeah. Yes. That's absolutely possible. But now how likely is that? When we look at the statistics, how often are we seeing that compared to all the other types of diabetes that really exist less than two percent yes such a small percentage of people actually are born with a genetic predisposition where they're going to become or already be born diabetic and what is that condition called if they are born a diabetic like that's type that, that so that is type one diabetes so we do know listen we do know there is a small chance that there is a genetic defect that has led to the pancreas not being able to produce insulin and you have diabetes because you can't push the sugar into the cell type right. one but now we, we, we also, gotta be we gotta be really really careful though because you think about being like well type 1 diabetes is your body can't utilize blood sugar within the cell at all right right because your pancreas isn't producing insulin correct and whatever that mechanism is but we have to be really really careful because can you develop type 1 diabetes during your lifetime at some point yes there are many people that come to our office that say i was fine and then at 20 18, 12, I got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So yeah. is that version of type 1 diabetes genetic? Right. Absolutely not. Right. No. That was acquired. Acquired type 1 diabetes, where now you no longer have a pancreas that produces insulin, so you cannot regulate your blood sugar. So question, doctor. Yep. Is type 2 diabetes possibly genetic? There's no way that type 2 could be genetic. Right? Because, but because there's no single recorded documented case of yeah. someone who has got normal insulin but is resistant to it at birth exactly how would how so, would we be able to measure that and we can't right because god created us in an image where we are meant to be born perfectly yes and so as long as the right things were happening uh, uh during the pregnancy and the baby was allowed to develop normally then absolutely that baby is going to be born functioning as it should what quote unquote so, Aren't people told though, John, you're 58, you're 55 pounds overweight, and you now have type 2 diabetes. It's genetic. Yeah, and so let's throw another word in there too. I like the, I like the use of the term epigenetics, which is the opportunity for you, you listening right now, everything you do in your life can influence your genes. Your genes have the opportunity to change as you go through life. Absolutely. So you're not stuck with well, the wait, genes wait, wait, that you're wait, born wait. with. You don't change the genes though. We don't change the code. 
we turn them on or off. Yes, so yes, So epigenetics yes. says your genes stay the same from the moment you're born to the moment you die, but you can turn them on or off. And that that will in turn change the function yes. of the functional unit in our body, which is a cell. So right, we, our cells are made up of a bunch of genes that are encoded to do specific tasks. And we can turn on and off the different gene pools of tasks so that our cells will perform different functions. Yes. So absolutely, you can change your ability to utilize uh, blood sugar, well, to, to be able to drive blood sugars from the blood into the cell or you can, to, for that to become more efficient or to become less efficient, right? And so that's the power of the term epigenetics. It just isn't something that you're stuck with in a bad way or a good way. It can go either way. It's a but spectrum. here's the lie, though. See, your doctors have said it's not your fault you have diabetes, yep. and it actually is. It's okay that you have it because you can't do anything about it. Right. Now you're watch stuck this. stuck with it now. Don't feel bad. You can't get rid of it. You were, you know, genetically dealt a bad card. But watch, don't worry because we have your back. We can't fix it, but we can control it. We can't get rid of it, but we can manage it. So we have this slew of medications you can take because you have this condition, your sugars are going up. So take these medications, your sugars will go down and all will be well. That's yep. the but, lie, guys. That's the lie. And, and, and it's funny too, because, okay, let's take, let's just take two people. We've got the normal person that doesn't have diabetes and the person that's just been told at 58 years old, up, oh, you're now insulin resistant. You have type two diabetes. It was genetic. You got it because of genetics. And so now you're being told, well, you have diabetes. It can be controlled. Your diabetes is an abnormal condition. Your body is in an abnormal state. You are abnormally turning on and off different types of genes so that they function differently, which is what led to the diabetes in the first place. And now you're saying, oh, to control it, I'm just going to hang out in this abnormal state. Yeah. Does that sound like a really good idea no. for your own longevity? That's Absolutely like, not. That's like the, uh, remember the commercials um, with the Larry, the, the cable guy? And they were like for Prilosec. And he'd be mm. like, I can eat my chicken wings right. and drink my beer as long as I take my Prilosec. Prilosec OTC. And the thing is, is notice there's no change in lifestyle. We know that fried chicken and chicken wings and high fatty sort of processed foods can cause acid reflux. Yep. But we don't fix the problem. Don't eat those. We say, take this pill and you can still eat them. So a prescription is kind of like a permission slip to keep doing what you've been yeah. doing that caused your problems. That's right. But you're now okay. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I have permission to keep doing my bad lifestyle. My doctor said I'm okay. Holy cow. So genetics is a lie. Okay. Now watch. Old age is a lie. Well, you're 58 and that's why you're a diabetic. Now, Dr. Chris, see if you can answer this. If old age, 58 years, six months, and three days cause diabetes, every person that becomes 58 years, six months, and three days old would have what? Diabetes. So what if I'm like, eh, tomorrow is my 58th, six month, and three day birthday. I'm going to have diabetes tomorrow. That's insane. Yeah, it is. But yet, it's because you're old. Oh, uh, uh, Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and so that, ignorance, and it is ignorance and that could be applied to any condition. Ignorance, yes. Right? So the medical community has made it seem like, well, oh, you're within this and it's not even a specific age, right? They say within this age range. So 45 to 55. Now men are at increased risk for heart disease or other cardiovascular disease and yes. women over the age of 55. Same type of thing. What? Now, statistically, sure, we may see that, but why would we see that? There's no 
perfect age where you magically start developing disease. You've had to adapt that way. You have to accumulate enough stress in your body that's then led to the adaptation that's allowed that disease to manifest. Now. Something just came to me. Ready for this? We would call diabetes a condition, correct? Correct. My condition is diabetes. Well, that means it's conditional. Mm-hmm. And because it's conditional, by definition, that means created due to things you've done. It's a conditional condition. Because you didn't do this, which we'll explain, you have it. And because you did do this, you have it. Conditional. Yeah. If you do this, then that. That's a condition. So, and that's the, that's like the almost like the pre-terms, right? If you're signing a contract, those are the pre-term <laughs> yeah. conditions, right. right? But so does that mean, though, that the contract can always be changed after the fact, though? Well, yes. But now watch this. Many of us signed a contract that we didn't realize we signed which says this, here's how your body is designed to work. Here's what you should eat. Here's what you shouldn't eat. Here's what you should do. And here's what you shouldn't do. And unfortunately, when you took your first breath, you signed the contract. Now watch this. Some people don't realize they signed this contract. Yeah. And some people didn't realize that the answers are in that contract and they're blaming their lack of knowledge. It would be like this. Um, I didn't know that not brushing my teeth and not flossing and not visiting my dentist cause cavities. So I have a cavity now and it's not my fault. I didn't know. Uh, but the, you're laughing because you're like, idiot. Okay. Just because you don't know something doesn't mean it doesn't apply to you. Okay. Right. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is disease. So let's, let's tide this ship because we could talk philosophy for hours, right? right. Genetics is a lie. Age is a lie. Ready for this one? This will be a hard one. Eating sugar is a lie. Ugh. Wait a minute. I thought I was a diabetic because I ate too much sugar. I had a patient once say to me, well, I ate so much sugar, I burned out my pancreas. <laughs> and that's why I have type 2 diabetes. So, so it's a justificational statement. It's not my fault. Right. My pancreas died because I ate too much sugar. Um, it, it, weren't you the one that ate it? Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't know I was eating that much sugar. <laughs> okay. Now watch, help me with this. If I eat a hundred grams of sugar and my metabolism is 100% efficient, I'll make a hundred units of energy. There's no waste. Nothing's left over. Yep. But if I eat 50 grams of sugar, which is less, and I'm inefficient at burning it, and I don't produce all the energy I need. Let's say I only make 25 units of energy, but I ate 50. The 25 net excess yeah, is going excess to be sugar. turned into fat mm -hmm. and inflammation and spike my insulin. So I ate less sugar, but I still ended up with diabetes. Yeah, so I hear what you're saying. What you're saying is it's not necessarily about the sugar. It's about what your body does with it. Of course. It's not the food you eat. It's how you digest and assimilate that. Yep. So could I eat 500 grams of sugar in a day, which is a lot, that is a lot. and not get diabetes? Of course. Wait, wait, wait. Could I be a raw vegan and end up with diabetes? Mm, absolutely. So, but, but that's not fair. No, it's conditional. You don't understand what's causing the disease is not the food you're eating. It's the inefficiency of the human body that is you. Yeah. And let's unpack that, the whole vegan thing that you said, because I love that. You said that you could be vegan and still develop diabetes. Absolutely true. You can't just magically say, oh, I'm just going to change the way I eat. I'm going to change my diet. And that's the reason that I'm not going to develop but, a, but, but a, a wait disease. A minute. Because there's all these things that happen leading up 
to the fact to the point where you said, oh, I'll change what I eat now. And you're like, well, so you've accumulated all these stresses. Maybe you were heading on that way towards becoming insulin resistant, right? Type yes. 2 diabetes. And now all of a sudden you decide to become vegan. And then a couple months down the road, you still end up going to get your routine blood work. And it comes back and your medical doctor says, uh-oh, you're diabetic. But I thought food is medicine. Well, food should be medicine, but it's, it is what you is. Just because you eat something, does that mean that you're healthy? No. Right? Just like just because you exercise, does that mean you're healthy? No. See, what food is medicine is, it's a colloquial statement used yep. by holistic practitioners to say this. Well, you're eating like crap, and if you eat real food, then your body will heal, and food is medicine, therefore. No. Medicine is medicine, and food is life. Medicine, by definition, is something that alters the human body to do something it shouldn't for an outcome that changes a laboratory result or a clinical yep. symptom. Yep. So, for example, if I have a headache and I eat chocolate and my headache went away, well, then food is medicine. The chocolate made my headache go away. You're using food as medicine. Do you guys get that? It's a, it's a twisted statement that it sounds great. Oh, mm -hmm. what's on the end of my fork is more powerful than what's in my pill containers. Right. It can be, but stop using food as medicine because yeah. we're not trying to cover up symptoms. We're trying to fix the issue. So here we go. Okay, we got five minutes till a commercial. Ready? There was a study done by the Institute of Medicine. And listen, to this. I have to read this to you because you're going to go, what? Like, there's no way. Okay, here we go. The lower the limit of carbohydrate that is compatible with life is zero. The lowest limit of carbohydrates compatible with life is zero. What Wait, does that tell so us? So you're saying you don't have to eat carbohydrates at all? According to the Institute of Medicine, you as a human being do not need carbohydrates to live, but you need proteins and fats. There are traditional populations that have ingested high fat, high protein, zero carbohydrate diets for extended periods, and they list them. The Maasai tribes, the Alaskan and Greenland natives, the Intuits, the Pampas indigenous people, which is probably, I guess, in like, I don't know, wherever Pampas people live. There was no apparent health effect that was negative, and they did then a study where they took Caucasians, and this would be Anglo-Saxons or anybody of English descent. Yep. I'm not saying white people, okay? Or they took European. Europeans and they made them eat carbohydrate-free diets. Zero. And they tolerated them extremely well. They saw a tremendous shift in their health. But in comparison with populations that ingest the majority of their foods as carbs, yep. those studies have never been done. Here's what they're trying to say, guys. We don't have any science that says a high-carbohydrate, low-fat diet is healthy. We have evidence that zero-carbohydrate, high-protein, high-fat diets are healthy and actually reverse disease. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? I bet if you then correlated where those tribes lived to the research that, lo that looks at the blue zones. Yes. You know, the blue zones are areas in the world where people have a super high health index. They're, they are free of disease. They're living for a very long period of time, you know, like upwards of 100 years. And uh, I bet you that they would correlate together. Right. Oh, yes. Same groups of people are those blue Well, zones. we know the Sardinians have an extremely high fat, moderate protein, low carbohydrate exactly. diet because of a, uh, a cultural shift. Watch this. In the United States, there is the Seventh-day Adventist population in Loma Linda, California. 
okay, one subset by religion, mm. they only eat certain foods. They follow very heavily Levitical law, no pork, no shellfish, nothing unclean, like to the letter. They won't even touch it. And guess what? It's a very low carbohydrate, high fat, high protein diet, and yep. they live longer than any American in America. So when we come back from our commercial break, guys, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to talk about why you've been told all these lies. Why does medicine lie to a diabetic? And you're going to, it's going to shock you when you hear the answer. Number two, we're going to break these lies with the truths. So we're going to show you, okay, if it's not genetics, what is it? If it's not age, what is it? If it's not the sugars you're eating, what is it then? And you're going to get all the information you need in the ebook, okay? This book was written by Dr. Chris and myself, Diabetes Heal Thyself. It actually says a functional guide to reversing type 1 and 2 and 3 diabetes. And watch this. It's free. Pick up the phone, 704-906-2094. What's the number, Dr. Chris? 704-906-2094. And all you have to do is text your name and your email. Now, if you don't have a smartphone and you have a regular phone, call the line, and our call center is going to say, thanks for calling the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. Would you like the free ebook, and would you like to attend the webinar? Uh, yes, I would. What is your name? John Smith. What is your email? john.smith at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a nice day. It takes seconds out of your life, but it's going to change your life Absolutely. literally forever. Yep. So we got to talk about this idea. It's not genetics. It's not age. It's not carbohydrates. Then what is it? And that's when we come back from this next commercial break. Absolutely. So, yeah. oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say too, you know, we always think about it in terms of, well, it's, it's carbs, it's sugar intake, but we've also got to chat about too, the, the amount, right. That's being recommended to us of the amount of protein, the amount of fat that we're consuming too. So we yeah, can't because, just leave those out. Because, well, here's the thing. We hinted to this earlier. It's not the amount of sugar you're eating that causes diabetes. It's the amount of proteins and fats you're eating that causes diabetes. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey, it's the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. We are live at the WBT studios here in Charlotte, 704-906-2094. That's our call and text line. And during our commercial break, if you have a question for us, head on over to facebook.com slash Ernst or youtube.com slash Ernst. We'll answer your questions live on the chats. We'll even bring some of the questions into the next segment, but you have to get engaged. It's called Ask Dr. Ernst for a reason. Mm -hmm. Ask your questions. We'll bring the answers. The ebook again is 704-906-2094. Call or text name and email. We'll be right back. You will try no more. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. Good afternoon. Hey, thanks for tuning in and listening and for sticking around. This is the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst, with co-host. Yeah, Dr. Chris Demzar. Dr. Happy Chris Saturday, everybody. Demzar. Hey, look, we're, we're answering some questions over the break uh, online. So if you didn't get a chance to ask your health questions, facebook.com slash Ernst, youtube.com slash Ernst. We are live in the studio, but we can answer the questions over the commercial breaks or after the shows. It's a little hard because, you know, we've got the cameras and you know, we've got our angles and we can see everybody online. Yep. So we will be answering a few of those questions today. So thank you for doing that. And the topic of the conversation is why is medicine lying to us about diabetes? I mean, in theory, you could say, why are they lying to us about everything? 
medically related with the cause of our conditions. And we're giving away a f- an amazing ebook. We, we've updated this and upgraded this. This is version, I think, uh, 3.0 for us now. Yes, it is. So this is edition 3.0. Uh, Diabetes Heal Thyself is an ebook that we wrote together on the steps that it takes to get rid of diabetes. 704-906-2094. That's 704-906-2094. Call now. Text your name and email now, and the book is free. Oh, by the way, we didn't mention this last time. We're doing a webinar. We just did the one today on the Energy Summit. It was amazing. Like It was fantastic. Over 500 people. And we were just blowing the lid off why we're so tired. So in about a month from today, I think it's September 10th, we're going to be doing one on diabetes. So you get the, you get the access to the webinars for free. So Dr. Chris, we talked about this before. Why is medicine lying to people saying genetics is causing it? uh, Age is causing it. uh, Your lack of exercise, you're eating too many carbohydrates. Why is that the main cause of why they're lying to us about, about diabetes? The simple answer really comes down to control, right? The more that they can control, the more opportunity they're going to have to keep you guys listening right now as patients within their system. Yeah. And so that's really important. And and just when we talk about diabetes, right, and that's just one condition, one disease out of literally hundreds or thousands, right? Diabetes we know is a big one, but guys, the medical system profits $245 billion, with a B, billion dollars every single year. Wait, wait, that's just diabetes. diabetes though. So you're saying that the powers to be behind medicine, the AMA, the ADA, all the people who regulate here's how you get rid of your condition, aren't telling them what we're about to tell them because if they did, they'd lose billions upon billions of dollars. Now, fun fact, let's put this into reference for people. It's, it's one thing to hear 246 billion, but if you were to stack $246 billion as a $100 bill on top of $100, on top of yep. $100, on top of $100, how tall is that stack of $246 billion? Yep. You guys ready for this? Remember, this is stacks of hundreds, not ones, hundreds. It would go for 6.2 miles. Wait a minute. So I take a $100 bill and I put another 100 on it and another 100 and another and another and another. And I have to keep doing that until I have a ladder that's 6.2 miles tall. You've got it. Did you guys hear that? That is an exorbitant amount of money. Okay, it takes, what, 60 miles to get into outer space? Yep, approximately. So one-tenth of the way to outer space every year in diabetes. Of course they're not going to tell you, oh, you can fix this yourself. You can get rid of diabetes. It is one of the biggest cash cows. Now, there's something that makes even more than diabetes. Any idea? It's almost double. Almost double. What condition kills more people in the U.S. than anything else, way more than diabetes, and is the most profitable healthcare system we have today? Yeah. I I would go with cardiovascular disease. Actually, no. Really? It does start with a C, but but it ends in R. Cancer. Yes. $468 billion industry is the cancer industry in the U.S. Now, if $245 billion is six miles, $460 billion is what? Ten miles. Uh, isn't it 12? It'd be double almost, wouldn't it? Almost. More or less. 10 to 12 miles. He's better at math than I am on the fly. 10 miles of $100 bills. Like, that's insane. Can you imagine? Like, just fathom this. So, of course, they're not going to tell you how to get rid of it. So, now we are. Let's do this. That's right. Okay? Number one, how do we fix diabetes? Now, you've got to change your mindset on what it is. Diabetes is not the problem. 
I'm going to say this again and again and again and again. You've been diagnosed with it, but it's not the problem. It is the side effect. It is the consequence. It is the, the tip of the iceberg. That's yep. a good analogy. Well, and you could say, you know, you just named the condition diabetes, but you could say the same thing about blood sugar, right? Yes. Blood sugar is not the problem. Is the elevation in blood sugar the problem? No. No, it's what's causing the elevation. Now, there are multitudes of things that can cause elevated blood sugars. Yes. It is not your diet, typically, because we just talked at the, the previous segment before our commercial break. They have studies showing that there is no evidence that high-carbohydrate diets cause diabetes. And we just have talked about it before. There's no evidence that if I eat tons of sugar, I'm, I'm going to get a cavity. There's right. plenty of people that eat a lot of sugar, but because they take extra special care of their teeth, they brush 14 times a day. They, they rinse with high enzyme rinses. They use the hydroxyapatite toothpaste that you mm, have introduced to it. our clinic. I love it. They're building their enamel back. They're fixing the damage. They damage their tooth, they repair their tooth. They damage their tooth, they repair their tooth. That flux is called homeostasis. Yes. And that's health, guys. That's health. Okay. Now, would it be better if they didn't maybe damage their teeth and they didn't have to work as hard? Sure. But it doesn't matter. They're right. doing what's necessary. Now, if you eat a really high carbohydrate diet, which we do in the United States, and you eat a moderate protein diet and a low fat diet, which we do, the research is evident that that is the problem. Not the carbohydrates. It's the moderate protein, low fat. Yes. Now, we talked about this at the top of the hour. RDAs are the, the, the mindset you have to shift. An RDA is the recommended daily allowance of a certain food group, proteins, fats, and carbs. But what is the number defined as? Yeah, so, and that's what I think that's where people get tripped up a lot. And, you know, even it's, it's taught this way, I think, in, in schools too. Like, if I think back to a lot of the nutrition classes that I had, I, oh, can, yeah. I can remember being told, like, oh, okay, so as long as we hit the RDAs, we're good. We're good, right? We're going to be healthy, but that's not true at all. When you look at the actual definition of what the of what the RDA is coming from the research that was done to come up with these values in, in the first place, the RDA is simply the minimum amount of that macronutrient needed just to be able to sustain life, just to be able to be alive, not to thrive, to be alive. And there's a so big let, difference. Let me give you an example. I will start breaking my muscle tissues down when I don't eat enough protein yes. because I have stored protein in my muscles. Right. So the RDA for protein is 0.8 grams per kilogram. Whew. So if I weigh a hundred kilograms, mm -hmm. which is not a lot, I would only need what? 80, 80, 80 grams, right? So a hundred kilograms is a, a moderately sized adult. Mm -hmm. Okay. Light. Okay. Most of you, some of you weigh 150, 190, 200 kilograms, but it's just math. 100 kilograms, 80 grams. Now watch this, ready? 80 grams for most people is a lot. I was say, they don't even not, They're not eat getting that. that much. They're not, there's no, so they're nowhere near it. The RDA says you're going to lose muscle mass if you don't eat 0.8 grams per kilogram. But here's the problem. This is incorrect. Right. Especially if you want to talk about, well, you know, Dr. Ernst mentioned staying in that flux of homeostasis. So is it good enough to just be getting the minimum amount of protein needed to just survive just so you don't have more muscle wasting, right? If that's the, the guidelines, if those are the recommendations that you're going off of, you're severely limiting your capacity to be able to take and utilize the macronutrients that your body desperately needs so that it can continue to adapt to avoid 
adapting towards a position where you're going to have a disease. Just, you know, and just to throw this out there, you know, using my sports background, it's recommended that, you know, weightlifting and, and like, like, okay, we'll, we'll stick with marathoners, marathon athletes. So, so your high level cardiovascular athletes need 2.2 grams per kilogram of protein intake daily. And how much more is that than the RDA? So so that is almost three times as much as the RDA, almost three times as much, right? So that's a huge dichotomy. But now watch this. The reason that they need that is because they are doing what? Well, they're burning so much more. And they're working their muscles out. So it makes sense. Again, if I eat a lot of sugar, I'm damaging my teeth. So they say, so I need to put more energy into repairing my teeth. I got to use special toothpaste. I got to brush and floss. Maybe I go to my dentist five times a year instead Instead of once. Once or twice. Yeah. Okay. What they've also discovered is guys, the RDAs were defined in like the 1950s and 60s when the average American was a hundred kilograms. Now here we are in 2022 and the average American is 200 kilograms or more. 150. Well, some people average might be it depends on your what you're looking at. I'm going to say the average unhealthy person is north of 150 kilograms. Okay. Ish. Now watch this. Ready? If we're doing the equations and we're doing 0.8, that means that you're eating not enough protein because most typical adults today need 100, 200 grams of protein. It's going to violate what you've been trained, but it's because when you eat no sugar, you need all that protein. So, right. So if... You're saying the modern unhealthy American is not getting enough protein Absolutely. to to satiate what their body just needs just to be able to continue to survive. Then what are they filling those gaps with? Carbohydrates. And that carbohydrate leads to an inefficiently burning system through their mitochondria and they get a lot of waste and they get these insulin spikes because protein doesn't spike insulin. Mm. Fat doesn't spike insulin, but carbohydrates do. If right. I don't eat enough protein... I won't meet the minimum caloric protein intake, so I will be hungry. My body will rip my muscles apart and turn it into sugar because it can do that metabolically. And so what they do is they go, I don't feel good. So when I eat sugar, though, I feel really good because they stop burning their own muscle proteins, but they're not eating enough protein. Now watch this. It's fats that we also need to eat. And is there an RDA for fat? Sure, but they're like real low. Because Americans are scared to death of fat because we think, what, if I eat fat, what would happen? Well, and they always they always talk about it. Well, if you have fat, you're going to get fatter. And? And then it's always brought you. We want to go to the next layer, right? If we're, we're trying to, you're, you're being told information that you're like, oh, this is high level intelligent information. You're going to be go into ketosis. You're going to kick your body into the, using this metabolic system where you're using ketones instead of sugar for fuel, and that's going to lead to all sorts of problems. Yeah, because they just think ketoacidosis true. is unhealthy. And listen, it could be. Yeah, But that's typically in a diabetic right. who is not even burning carbohydrates Very at unregulated. all. All the excess well, carbs are turning into acids, peruvic acid, lactic acid, succinic acid, and they're creating an acidotic state that they're yes. calling ketoacidosis. Right, because you know how often do we even have patients that we work with who do something where we try to increase the ketones that they have in their body, get to a ketoacidotic state. Never. No. We, don't, we never see that. Their levels, their ketone levels never get high enough where they're also then producing these other acids that are going to lead to that. It doesn't and, happen. And, and here's the other issue then, right? Okay. The average American doesn't burn fat for energy. They store fat for future burning, but because they never created a negative energy environment in their body, 
they were never able to burn their excess. Let me give an example. If I, if my metabolism is at 50% efficiency and I eat a hundred grams of carbohydrates, there will be 50, 50 grams left over. Left over. Yeah. Those 50 grams left over are turned into fat. fat that is stored for future use. Now, tomorrow I eat another hundred grams. I've got 50 left over. So what am I doing? I'm increasing my stored energy. The reason you never engage your stored energy is because you never went through a period of lack that your body said, whoa, there were no carbohydrates consumed today. Yep. Hey, fat, liberate yourself and give me energy. So what happens is we have vilified fat as being a source of fuel for two reasons. We were told inappropriately that eating fat makes you fat, and we were more inappropriate told that yep. eating fat clogs your arteries and causes heart disease. So here's the lie. I want you to do a low-fat, low-protein, high-carbohydrate diet because that's healthy, and you will just say, oh, that makes sense to me. But there is zero research that says that works. What's funny is all the studies say zero carbohydrate, high protein, high fat diet will heal you. Yep. But you who've been programmed is going to say, wait, you want me to eat nothing but fat? And that's a lot of protein, 300 grams of protein and 600 grams of fat and no sugar. I can't do that. Lie. I don't think that's Excuse. healthy. Lie. But why though? Why are they saying this? Yeah, They're programmed and conditioned. No, watch this. I just came to me. They've been conditioned, which gives them conditions yes. like diabetes. That's right. And just, just to throw this out there, do you guys realize that whether you're consuming fats, proteins, carbs, the way that they're going to get broken down ultimately for energy production in the body is to the same molecule? Yes. It's the same molecule. Yes. So Energy molecule, the precursor for energy, same molecule. Yeah, it's the same molecule. So it doesn't matter. So that's why when you take in high levels of carbs, but, you know, and you've been lied to saying, oh, that's, gonna, that's, gonna be, that's not going to lead towards more fat. What? It has to because fat gets broken down to the same molecule that carbohydrate does. And then depending on the energy needs of your body is going to dictate what happens with that energy molecule. But there's a caveat to what you just said. Can sugar turn into fat? Yes. Can protein turn into fat? In a, in a very stressed out state, When you're yes. very stressed, cortisol will do this. Can fat turn into fat? Well, it's already fat. Now watch, ready? Can fat turn back into sugar? No, it cannot. Can fat turn back into protein? No. So fat can only be turned into fat. Fat. It's stuck there. And it's stuck there until, it's used. until hold on, until there is a negative carbohydrate, negative protein environment where yeah. all you're eating is fat cuz then it can be pushed into the mitochondria. Guys, fat is what you should be burning first, not last. Okay? F from a from a from a healthy perspective, healthy, a healthy yep, mitochondria a, burns fat first. Then it says a protein second. Then it says carbs third. For, and to be able to just do your activities of daily living, to go through life, absolutely. Yes. yes that yes. should be what you are burning. So here's the thing then. We are looking at diabetes upside down. Do you need to lower your carbohydrate intake? Yes, but not because that's what's causing your diabetes because that's what's causing the insulin push, that's what's causing the inflammation, that's what's causing the fact of why you got there in the first place. Therapeutically, to fix diabetes, you cut your carbs to zero. Now, am I saying that you need to eat zero carbs for the rest of your life? No. 
when you no longer have diabetes and you're fat adapted, you can start eating those carbohydrates again. Because again, if I eat 100 grams of carbohydrates and I burn 100 grams of carbohydrates, do I end up with diabetes? Never. But if I eat 100 grams of carbohydrates and I only burn 50 of them, do I end up with diabetes? Over a long period Over of time. Over long sure. periods of time, long standing, yes. So you have to cut the carbohydrates down, not because they're causing your diabetes, but because you can't get out of the trap until you do. Watch this. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's how you know it's live. To, to get out of credit card debt, what do I have to do? Cut your credit cards up. Stop using Stop them. Stop spending money. Now, when you get out of debt, could you go get a new credit card and start using it? Absolutely. But only but, if you have learned how to manage right, your which, debt with credit properly. And that's oh, just another such a good analogy. amazing analogy going back to the con you are conditioned to make your own conditions, right? So you, so many people are conditioned to have a credit card, but then you just pay off a little bit every month. You don't yeah. pay off the whole balance. Because that's what we're told to do. Right. Versus Make your minimum you, payments. You'll be fine. Exactly. Versus paying the whole thing off and then never having to Hold worry. Go I, I just had an idea. I have told you and I've told many of our staff members that I actually make money with my credit card. Yep. And, and I do some the same people, thing. Some people are like, wait, wait, like what? Okay, listen, I put a lot of stuff on a credit card yep. and I pay it off every week. I don't wait till my statement comes and says, you owe this much money. Right. So I'm just going to make it up for the sake of an analogy. I put $6,000 on a credit card a month. Well, every week I'm paying about 1500 so that at the end of the month, when my statement comes, it says my balance is zero. And I got, hold on, my balance is zero, but I got all these credits for using yeah, that card. Points, I got, cash. say, $600 in reward points. So hold up, my balance is zero, but they paid me $600. I am ahead of the curve. Are you using your credit card like that? Are you using your health like that? Do you invest in yourself so that you get a payback? Or do you do this? Well, uh, I don't have the $6,000, so I'll pay $600, and the interest is going to attach to next month. I don't have the efficiency to burn 100 carbohydrates, but I still use those 100 carbohydrates. I ate them. So I'm going to give the interest to my fat cells, and I'll pay it off later, but you never put yourself in a deficit Right. A negative balance so that your fat cells could pay you back. Look, right. Many of you are walking around with two or three or four days worth of energy on you. And how many, instead of paying it off later, you pay for it oh, later right. well, by then developing this, right? some level of disease. And then, and then what do I do? Well, instead of managing where it came from, I go to a doctor and they're like, hey, listen, none of this is your fault. Mm -hmm. Lie. And uh, we have a medication that can make yeah. your labs look better. That's the truth. Listen, do drugs make labs look better? Oh, yeah. But do they fix the problem? No, never. But we were told as long as your cholesterol is good, as long as your sugars are good, you don't have your condition. Lie and we get stuck. So real quick, everything that you need to do is in this book, Diabetes Heal Thyself. It's free, 704-906-2094. We've talked about how it's not genetics, correct? Right. It's not old age. That's right. It is not the amount of carbohydrates you eat, but yet you do have to reduce them because we got to create the negative state. So what is the real ring dinger behind diabetes? Ready? Here it comes. It's a metabolic condition. There's an underlying inefficiency within your health, and that's why you ended up with what you have. And that's true for heart disease, cancer, diabetes, 
uh, gastric issues. But the ultimate issue is this. It's a functional loss. So we call ourselves functional medicine doctors, and we have degrees and certificates that allow us to say that, in that we can find the functional defect. Right. Now, we're going to talk about this next week. The number one functional defect is not what you think. It's not your diet. It's not your exercise. It is your power system, your nervous system. When you have a deficit in nerve power, you can't make yourself work to the efficiency we want. 100% nerve power, 100% health. 50% nerve power, 50% health. That's called disease, technically dis-ease. And so think about it like this. This will be the, the teaser for next weekend, right? Yeah. Your body works in a series of communicating loops. You're either communicating forward to say, we need more, please, or you're communicating forward to say, hey, we need to slow down. Or you're communicating back. Your body's communicating backwards to say, whoa, 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 shut that process down. Mm. Or it's saying, hey, we need more. Mm -hmm. We all are just a bunch of loops. We are signal pathways, different signal pathways of different loops. That is how our body communicates. That's how we work. That and what those loops are and how those loops uh, function over time, adapt over time, is going to dictate whether we head towards disease or whether we head towards health. See, I understand you, but I'm afraid that they were like, what? So make sure you, That's why it was make a sure you tune That's in why next it's a week, teaser. guys. We're going to go over that. And right now is your last chance. 704-906-2094. Diabetes Heal Thyself ebook and webinar, September 10th. All yours free. 704-906-2094. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Adios. Have a good one, guys.